yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most. This is everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Woo, it's going to be a big show because, look, this is episode 85. We are just a few days before the Apple keynote, their September event. It will be held on September 10th, which is Tuesday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be live streamed. You know that if you follow my work, I'll have a live stream going on as well. I will not show the keynote this time because they shut me down last time, but I'll have a pre-show. We'll feed the audio through. We'll do commentary. We'll have the post-show, so some people might tune in, then watch the keynote, and then come back. That's totally fine. Just do whatever you please, but I'm going to kind of run it more like an audio podcast. So if you're working, which a lot of people are, you just play it in the background. So this show is all about you all. Remember to call in. This is going to be a tricky show to call in because by the time you hear this, you're going to have Apple's keynote. So I would just encourage you to call in after Apple's keynote with your reactions. And you call in with a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. But let's get into this. I don't want to go and break down every single thing because I know a lot of you are just religious listeners of the show that I'm so grateful for. You follow me, you support me on patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And so what I'm going to do is obviously hit the big products we expect to see, kind of go through the stuff we already know pretty quickly, but there's kind of new folds and new wrinkles and a few new things that we haven't really heard about or talked about until the past few days. And I always kind of like to wait just before the keynote so that we get some of these new tidbits that You know, if you do like a preview a week and a half, two weeks before, it's all the stuff that you heard pretty much almost a month ago. So let's jump into this first up. You know it, the big kahuna. Everyone knows I feel like 90% about this, but we're going to talk about the iPhone. Yes, if you're in the know, no surprise here. Names being thrown around the iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, iPhone 11 Pro Plus Max. Okay. It's all over the place, but we know two OLED 5.8 and 6.5 iPhones. Most likely, those will be the pro names. There was a leaked out rumor that pro would kind of be the name that they used to distinguish them differently. And then the new successor for the 10R 6.1 inch LCD, a lot of people are thinking that's going to be called the iPhone 11. And that would actually, although it would totally change the convention that they've used to do, iPhone 10R, the name 10R absolutely means nothing. They've never outright said what the R means, what 10R means. People say, oh, it means reduced. It means regular. Guess what? Apple's never gone on the record to say what it is. So I think it's a good idea to make the 10R, just call it the 11, and then have the OLED phones with the triple lens camera be the iPhone 11 Pro and iPhone 11 Pro Max. What do you think about that? I'm totally down with that. That's easy. I know I might not be super thrilled about the iPhone running down these bullet points because we literally know so much about it. So obviously an A13 new processor, the triple lens camera is what makes these different. There's fun little camera advancements and new improvements that Bloomberg's Mark Garmin completely went down through. Really, the big thing is that the pro-level iPhones now using the triple lens camera system, they'll be able to take three photos at once, combine them together using AI and produce a better framed and higher resolution photo thanks to that third and new ultra-wide lens. Reports have new improvements for low-light situations. Look, if Apple can finally bring to the table something that is comparable to what Google's uh, night sight feature is, that's going to be a huge win for them because Google butchered them at their last keynote about their low-light levels, and you know that Apple has to address that. 
Also, upgraded video recording capabilities allows you to retouch videos, add filters, apply effects, and reframe and crop the video while they're being recorded in real time. All right, thanks. Other things you guys and gals probably know, reverse wireless charging. Reports only say it's for AirPods only, not for phones. Galaxy S10 can do, can you can drop any phone on there pretty much that has wireless charging and charge it. New shatter resistance technology that'll make it harder to break and better underwater uh, waterproofing going over 30 minutes underwater now. There will be no more 3D touch. The haptic touch long press, which, you know, I use it a lot on the 10R. It's fine, but I, I actually prefer 3D touch. I think haptic touch, you hold your finger there for a long time, especially when you just want to delete an app. First, it does the jiggle. And it just takes extra time. You'll still have lightning port in there. Yay. But rumors, lightning to USB-C charger will come in there. You'll still have a notch. Of course, you're going to have a notch. If it's a pro, if it's a pro phone, my biggest question is, will it still, will it have Apple Pencil support? I know there's no place for the pencil. The renders show no location for the pencil. So it doesn't make sense from that standpoint because we're just going to have a pencil flying around. But... Will it even support the Apple Pencil? That's what an iPad Pro is. We'll see. The phones will be available to pre-order on Friday, September the 13th. According to reports, that's just a few days after the keynote with deliveries to customers in-store on September the 20th. This is not a complete revamp or new form factor, so they'll most likely be able to deliver those on time. That timetable is the same timetable that we have seen before. So pre-order September 13th, typically on Friday at midnight Pacific time, and then in stores September the 20th. All right, that's that's a wrap for iPhone. I'm glad we got through that because I feel like we've been talking about the iPhone 11 since the week after last year's 10s came out. Like dead serious. You know you have too. It's like, all right, we're going to talk about this. And we know, we just know way too much. I think the biggest thing also to me is like in the back, will that, will that triple lens camera, will it be that big old black dark patch or will we actually see a metal finish with the three camera cutouts? That'll be the biggest thing for me. All right, let's jump over to Apple Watch Series 5. We know not the biggest rumors or leaks really looks like it could be more like a 4S, but they will still release a new Series 5. Ceramic and titanium finishes will be the new finishes to it. Faster processor, or duh. Most likely better battery life, but not confirmed. No new redesign that was last year. Same OLED screen as well. But there's two new features that are coming to the table that haven't been discussed until this week. A new school time mode. So Apple's working on a school time feature for their watch. This would actually help students focus better by blocking access to apps, complications, and notifications on the watch and set it when school time is active. Did I just catch myself? I, I said, is this active? Okay, I'm going to be honest with you all. I bit my lip like a couple days ago, and it's hard to toss a fast sometimes. It's not my fault. It's my stupid lip. It hurts. But you know what? I'm still here for y'all. I bit my lip. That's a bad apple. Oh, hell no. You know how much, you know how much of that hurts? When you, when you bite your lip, it hurts. Okay. Let's keep going. So we talked about school time. We know that, man, I think about my nieces and nephews, like how distracted they already are at school to lock down. I mean, there's even, I think, a school in San Mateo, California, that is, they basically have their students put their phones in like a a lock, locked up pouch. 
so they can focus more and be more present even during recess. I thought it was pretty fascinating. And from all all accounts, it's actually allowing students to engage with each other more, which is important. So school time mode, kind of a way to combat that. Also, a new time in bed feature with a sleep track sleep app for the watch. It'll track users' quality of sleep using the watch sensors to measure your movement, heart rate, and noises made. We've talked about, I mean, man, I feel like I've been timeouts for two, three years. We need better sleep tracking on the Apple Watch. There's third-party apps that do it, and they do it really well. I think the one that I tried out a long time ago was called like Sleep Plus Plus, but there's plenty others out there. I think this is great. I don't think I'm going to use it that much. I'll probably try. It's hard for me to wear an Apple Watch when I sleep. I think that's the next thing. When I think about the new redesign for the future Apple Watch, it's a great design, but the next step is going to be making it thinner, right? Then you make it thinner, keep that design for about two years or so, and then you give me my FaceTime camera watch. There you have it, Apple. There's your product roadmap for the next four years. All right, maybe we should talk uh, more about this sleep tracking. The data will be viewable on the watch and the health app on the iPhone. If you wear your Apple Watch while you sleep, and let's say you wake up before your alarm goes off on your phone or other device, it will turn them off. So you know how you set your alarm on your phones? Uh, Maybe you set it on your iPad. I typically set it on my phone. The Apple Watch will wake you up before those kind of become the de facto primary alarm device. And then it will use the iPhone as kind of a backup alarm. I don't know exactly the timing of that, but that sounds, it's another ecosystem hook. Like whatever you're wearing will probably take precedent. There will be a silent alarm option that only vibrates the Apple Watch. The new sleep system also knows to turn on do not disturb mode when you go to bed. That's cool too if it does it automatically based on you know how it measures your movement and your heart rate. It turns on do not disturb mode because how many times have you forgot to turn your phone off on do not disturb mode and then it just makes a sound and wakes you up. You get a bunch of text messages from someone from a different time zone who forgets that you are sleeping. That happens. So it knows when to turn on the do not disturb mode and then there will also be new complications on the watch faces for sleep tracking. So we expect to see this at the keynote. Finally, Apple bringing sleep tracking All reports say it will not require any new hardware, which tells me that it'll probably work on any Apple Watches that work with Watch OS 6. And that includes the Series 1, Series 2, Series 3, Series 4. Most likely this, obviously, whatever they call it, Series 5. I don't think they'll call it Series 4S. But if you have the very first, first generation Apple Watch, I guess you could call it the Series 0, it most likely won't work with that. And if you have it, the first watch, I think it's a great time to upgrade to the new Apple Watch. If you have the four, you don't need to. You have the three and you can get sleep tracking, probably don't need to. It's all about the form factor and the screen. And I love everything this new Apple Watch does. So I know I could realistically get away with just getting a four. I will get a five to review it, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to stick with my four. All right. So that's pretty much Apple Watch in a nutshell, but we got some new nuggets the school time mode and the sleep tracking mode, and that's that's all gravy for me. Just just keep on bringing the features. Watch OS six is going to be a beast, and it's going to allow me to do so many more things. I just love the fact that they finally open up the floodgates for people to really make this an independent piece of the iOS equation. Yeah, it's part of the ecosystem, but 
They're really encouraging developers to make independent watch apps that don't require it to be loaded through the phone. The phone is pretty much going to be um, pretty insignificant and they've put in a lot of hooks to make this independent with update software on your watch directly to your watch. You can delete apps from your watch. You can install apps with an app store from your watch. You don't need the iPhone for any of these things. So I'm really excited about that. All right, let's talk the big elephant in the room, Apple TV+. Plus. We've got to see it at this keynote. I would be shocked if we don't see it at this keynote. Apple TV+, Plus. we still don't have a release date. We still don't have price and actual content. What is coming on launch and what does their future look like? Look, we've seen the trailers. We've seen all the content they put out there. I I made a little joke in the video episode this week and I said don't call it Apple TV Plus, call it Apple TV 45 Plus. Because the content that I'm seeing right now is typically geared for 40 45 and up. It's they're not trying to hit a sweet spot demographic. They're trying to hit the people like really that demographic is surprise surprise the people that run Apple. And there is Send the people sometimes their insecurities come out of me. They wrote me in the comments like, what's so wrong about being 45? Well, guess what? There's nothing wrong with being 45. It is awesome if you're 45. I'm just saying they should call it Apple TV 45 plus instead of Apple TV plus. It's called um, a joke. But yeah, I know my jokes aren't funny. Some of them are. I thought that one was funny. All right. Also, With the new Apple TV Plus service, what about Apple TV 4K? There's a new report that a new Apple TV 4K will arrive. They don't say exactly when, but may we may see it at this keynote. It'll come with a new A12 processor. Now, if we look at the Apple TV, historically, it does get a refresh every two years. This year would be a refresh year based on that life cycle of the past three or four Apple TVs. Also, look, if we're going to use Apple Arcade, that's going to need some more horsepower. Right now, the Apple TV 4K is using a uh, A10 processor, which is from the iPad in 2017. So Apple Arcade, we know that they're going to have a lot more high-powered games. The rumor is that service will be $4.99 a month. We should expect to see that at the keynote as well. Um, Official announcements for Apple Arcade and Apple TV Plus, and I welcome a new Apple TV 4K. I feel like I've been running the betas on Apple TV, and I I feel like it's, again, it's a beta. I tell people, don't run betas. I put a beta on Apple TV. I don't care. But yeah, I feel like it's a little chuggier and slower, so maybe this helps as well in the long run. All right, we haven't seen it for a while, but... According to reports, we are expecting to see SJ's favorite line, but there's one more thing up here at this keynote. Now, this is courtesy of CoinX. CoinX is the Twitter account that has randomly thrown out stuff that has been extremely credible and the first out there. CoinX put it out that Apple would be getting rid of the headphone jack. CoinX put out that the iPhone last year would be named 10s, 10s Max, and 10R, which was totally kind of like, huh? 10R? Where'd you get that from? That was CoinX. CoinX uh, also put out the fact that the new 
triple lens cameras are most likely to be used the name moniker pro so what else does coinex have going on here well they he or she reports that there will be one more thing and so i thought a lot about it like what what could it be right we have new ipad pros with a triple lens camera that are rumored to be incoming we have the 16 inch macbook pro that's rumored to be incoming what about the new mac pro we don't have official pricing and release dates and even configurations for it i mean we know that xdr display is going to be 999 just for the neck but i also talked on the show why i'm not tripping out too much about it because the neck on the old school sunflower imax costs 799 to replace not that we ever knew that but now that we do i'm like okay fine they should have just bundled it with the display and not talked about it being a separate component and it would have been all good so what could this one more thing be, well, I'm going to tell you, based on the reports and what would make sense, I think it's going to be Apple finally rolling out this whole Find My app and include the Apple tags. I could be totally wrong. This is complete speculation. They may not even have a one more thing. But if they were to do it, because of the devices that are being announced here, Apple Watch, iPhone, you know, these doing the whole Apple location tags that are taking a page from Tile and uh, Tracker and Pixie. Those are three companies that have really built that space up over not just a couple years, I feel like at least four or five years. Apple's swooping in on this with their Apple tags. So, you know, an internal build of iOS 13 has identified a small circular tag with an Apple logo at the center of it. Guillaume Rambo from... Uh, 9to5Mac was the first to reveal Apple's plans for these location tags all the way back in April. Also, Strings of Code revealed these circular tags will have removable batteries, which would be a first for Apple in years. I'll see it when I believe it. The tags will also work directly with the new Find My app. Now, you can, in the iOS 13 beta, the Find My app is there, but it's right now only set up to basically your current devices, but it's not laid out for miscellaneous items the new find my app will support this it'll have a separate section for it you'll be notified if you're separated from a tagged item you can use it to have um, the item play a signal that can be heard if it's lost there's safe locations that you can set the app so they know that they're at least okay if left there but you can still find them so that'd be like maybe a specific room in your home because some of y'all have huge houses so i don't know Maybe you do lose your stuff in your home a lot. I mean, I lose in the couch all the time. If you've lost a tag device, you can put in lost mode. And here's the power of the ecosystem. Tile has done something similar to this, but there's so many more Apple iPhones out there. If you put your device in lost mode and another iPhone user comes in contact within proximity of that item, the contact info will be on that tag. It'll show that info to the person walking by and then they can contact you to get you your your item back. This is the power of the Apple ecosystem right there. There There's so many iPhone users out there. Obviously, there'll have to be some sort of an opt-in to be able to be these people that can act as um, lost and founders. I guess you could be the founders. But, you know, the more I hear about this, this is an ecosystem hook. Using an iPhone network to your advantage is pretty sweet unless the device is so cool that they never return it. Now, my question is, 
hey, let's make some let's make some Apple jewelry. Let's put these tags and dangle them off of AirPods and just really embrace the fashion statement that that can make. Just do it. Also, according to the reports, augmented reality will be part of this Find My app. And if you're looking for a device that may or may that may be lost, a 3D red balloon asset has been found in iOS 13 that will appear and come into view. So this will help users pinpoint where their lost item is a lot more specifically. There's also 2D image of an orange balloon that might be used kind of if you're further away from your item, but a 3D red balloon implying that there may be some sort of a augmented reality aspect to this. Mac Rumors uncovered an AR or VR headset icon within Apple's internal Find My app. There's an on or off notific- like noted with this specific icon and headset. So look, we don't know. It's not like they're all of a sudden going to release AR VR glasses anytime soon. Hey, maybe that might be the one more thing. I don't think it is, but it'll have some aspect of AR to track these. Now, Ming-Chi Kuo also followed up just recently about these new Apple tags, and they will feature ultra-wideband technology, which will make them significantly more precise than tile trackers. So right now, Tile's current trackers rely on Bluetooth LE. Ultra wideband is a short range, like low power radio technology. So it's able to be more precise with indoor positioning than Bluetooth LE and Wi-Fi. And because of this, the idea is that Apple's tags will be more accurate. So for example, the distance between two ultra wideband devices, let's say we're talking about an iPhone and an Apple tag, They can be measured precisely by calculating the time that it takes for a radio wave to pass between these two devices. That's just purely based on the technology and the design. It also is noted, according to electronic design, that ultra-wideband is up to 100 times more accurate than Bluetooth, LE, and Wi-Fi. So you're basically able to effectively measure the distance between two devices like this with ultra-wideband with between a 5 to 10 centimeter 5 to 10 centimeter accuracy compared to a roughly 5 meter accuracy for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Okay, I'm sorry. This is starting to sound cooler and cooler and getting crazier. We don't know if Apple's tags will rely solely on ultra-wideband, but we'll see, or if they'll incorporate at least Bluetooth uh, LE with use for some of the older devices. So for example, Arguably, the new iPhone will have ultra-wideband built into the actual physical iPhone, potentially, and the earlier ones do not. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But that, I don't know what you all want for your one more thing, but I actually think this is a pretty sweet one more thing because it it's relevant to all the devices that are coming out. We'll see. Total speculation. They could just actually announce this as its own thing, and we don't even get a one more thing or the one more thing is totally different. That's why sometimes the keynotes can be exciting, but the reality is that we know so much that is coming that it's not going to really be the biggest surprise. The other tidbit here, Apple has launched Apple Music on the web via beta. So you can check out Apple Music and it's going to be in a web browser, but what makes this interesting is Apple will this effectively 
makes Apple Music available on arguably any device because any device that has a web browser will be able to check this out, including Windows 10 devices, Linux, and Chrome OS machines. Make this widely available. Wow. Believe it or not, you make a service available to as many people as possible, and it actually increases your reach in business? Who would have thunk it? This isn't the Apple that I know. Well, it is now because it's just smart to be this way. The walled garden uh, strategy only works for so long. All right, so that's really a summary of what we expect to see. We talked about the new iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro and Pro Max, new Apple Watch Series 5. I Maybe they surprise us. I don't think we'll see new AirPods here. It wouldn't make sense. They don't need to. They can just buy their time. Put out AirPods sometime early next year if they're doing the AirPods 3. But the Apple Watch, sleep tracking, school time mode, and then the Apple TV Plus service, maybe a new Apple TV with that, and the Apple Arcade service. We need details on that. And if this one more thing is the Apple Tags and the Find My App, that's a whole lot for a keynote. I mean, you you don't have enough space to really get into the new iPad Pros. You don't have enough space to get into a potentially new 16-inch MacBook Pro and then talk about the Mac Pros as well. Maybe they release those with online announcements, but I've got to imagine we got to be cooking for another keynote sometime in October. I hope we do. I find it kind of fun, honestly. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's check in with our voice calls. Remember to be a part of the show. Call in, use the voice memo app or a voice memo app, period, on your device whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, because we have people from everywhere that are calling, and I love it. I'm so appreciative of y'all. AppleBitsShow at gmail.com. AppleBits with a Z. Just send that voice memo away. It sounds way clearer, and uh, we're going to get right to it. So let's start off first with our man, Jeff. He wants to talk a little bit about that 5G. Hey, Brian. This is Jeff from Evansville, Indiana. Uh, I just want to know what you think about 5G. Uh, me and myself wish that they would just wait till 2021, 2022, till all these networks have uh, 5G compatible for everybody and not just certain part of the market. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me to put towers out for phones that not everybody can use. Um, all right, thanks. Peace out. All right, Jeff, thanks so much for the call. You know what I hear what you're saying and it it can be frustrating at the same time you know no matter what any new technology any new data infrastructure is going to take time to roll out and how do you test it the best way is to start in a few markets typically start in really big cities and let them test it out try it out figure out what works what doesn't and then it eventually rolls out i mean it's really hard think about blanketing the entire U. Let's just start with the entire U.S. with a good enough coverage, at least equivalent to what they have with 4G LTE. That's going to take years, and so instead of taking years and losing money on those towers that they invest billions of dollars on, you've got to put the towers, flip them on, hope that some people have 5G phones, and then just work your way through it. But yeah, realistically, it's it's not even a two year rollout become before it comes widely readily available on phones and service cares. It's going to be really about a three-year time frame, but by next year, it's going to be a whole, whole lot better. 
But I think three years is when you're going to really see like, hey, this is finally covering the areas you expect it to. But I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, LA Sprint, I think recently just turned on their 5G network. But again, a lot of people that have even done these tests with 5G, okay, not only do you have to deal with the carriers doing their throttling business, but you kind of got to be right next to the antenna to get a really, really clean 5G data signal and then, or data speeds. And then in addition to that, you know, how many people are going to be on the network? Well, early on, 5G will probably be pretty nice uh, if you're near an antenna, but once everyone starts getting it, it's pro- it it's probably going to slow down some. It's just a numbers game. So we'll see what happens, but I'm okay with them doing the gradual rollout. It doesn't bother me because I don't have a 5G phone. I most likely won't have a 5G phone for my daily phone next year, and it won't really matter. So whenever it's ready for me, it'll be ready. All right, next up, we've got Jordan calling in. Hey, Brian, this is Jordan calling from Utah about the sleep tracking on Apple Watch, which is something that I've actually done for a few years, and I just charge my watch while I'm getting ready for the day and taking a shower and things, and that seems to work pretty well. I'm glad that I do just because it shows me trends and habits that I have and how I can improve just through a third-party app, so I'm kind of excited for that. We'll have to see how they do with it. I wasn't planning on getting a new Apple Watch, but I uh, shattered mine the other day changing a flat tire, so I don't have much of a choice now. Hopefully, uh, it's worth getting. Thanks for the show. Enjoy a lot. Bye. All right. Thanks, Jordan. You know what? I found it was interesting. A lot of people called in about sleep tracking. Like, I didn't know that was going to strike a chord, but it sounds like the strategy is just charge in the morning when you get ready and you'll be good to go. And I'm not against sleep tracking for the record. I'm just the type of person that won't wear an Apple Watch when I sleep. And as long as I get my initial trends for the first, uh, you know, a week or so, I kind of know how my body operates. And, um, but it is, it is nice to have, you know, I think there's a lot of people that really like to manage the day to day and see it all. And I I think it's a good thing. It doesn't hurt. Like for me, I'm just not going to wear it all the time. All right, Cameron, guess what he wants to talk about? He also wants to talk about sleep. Hey, Brian, this is Cameron from Johnson city, Tennessee. Um, I hear you and a lot of other people are calling in talking about sleep tracking on Apple watch. Um, I'm already actually doing sleep tracking on my Apple Watch Series 4 um, with an app called Pillow. Um, And it actually does pretty good. It tells you your REM sleep and when you're um, awake and it gives you like a percentage for your quality of sleep. Um, And I'm not actually having any issues with battery life either because I just wear it while I go to sleep. And then while I'm getting ready in the morning, um, I put it on as charger it gains probably 20, 30%. And I mean, that lasts me most of the day. So um, yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Cam. Another watch morning charger. We've, there's got to be some term that's out there for people that charge their watch all the time in the morning. I'm going to sit on that. I'm going to marinate on that. But um, yeah, I, I'm, ex- I'm happy that it's coming and I will probably use it for a few days. So That's pretty much a wrap for our preview and everything you can expect to see at Apple's September keynote. Again, it's going down September the 10th, 10 a.m. Apple will be streaming it live, but you can go check out, hang out with me on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Brian Tong. I'll be doing BTZ's live stream. I start at 9 a.m. Pacific, an hour before the keynote. We take your live calls. We talk about the big topics that matter. I mean, there's so... 
everyone loves an Apple keynote and whether they love or hate it, actually, it's become a thing to do, to rally around, to complain about, to cheer about. It's just fun. So I'll be doing that. I'll have a bingo giveaway. It'll be, um, we're going to, I guess I should wait, but it's going to be something big that we give away if you participate with my live stream that is roughly around 65 inches. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's not that. <laughs> All right. We also got to say thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, our Platinum Apples at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Luce, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you so much for your support. And everyone that is listening, I encourage you to tell a friend about it. But also, if you can't support financially at patreon.com slash Tong, which starts at $2 a month, look, you can... Tell your friends about it. You can review the show on iTunes, give it five stars, and actually write a comment. That helps bump it up in the algorithm. We're almost at 900 reviews, which is crazy, and uh, I appreciate all the love you guys and gals have sent this way. So that's going to do it for this week. There you have it. Everything you can expect at Apple September event. We will see you next week. I'll have a special guest on the show to talk about the wrap-up, the reactions, the quick takes, the hot takes. Ooh, you got to love it. Apple event, September 10th, coming soon. Take care, everybody. That's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.